The following KOPN podcast is made possible by the generous donations of listeners like you. Please consider a donation to listener-supported community radio, KOPN. You can donate securely on our website at kopn.org. Hi, welcome to Food Sleuth Radio, where we help you think beyond your plate. I'm Melinda Hemmelgarn, a registered dietitian and investigative nutritionist on a mission to connect the dots between food, health, and agriculture and find food truth. And I could not be more thrilled to welcome my guest today, Lisa McDowell, who is a fellow dietitian, a real revolutionary. She is based in Ann Arbor, Michigan. She is the Director of Nutrition Support Services, which ironically is based in the pharmacy department of St. Joseph Mercy Health System. And Lisa is doing something revolutionary that I want all of our listeners to know, but first let me welcome you. Thank you, Melinda. It is my honor to be here today. Well, Lisa, what really drew me to you was your revolutionary work within the healthcare system in having a farm connected to your hospital. And I should let our listeners know you've been a registered dietitian for over two decades, and you have a strong clinical background. So you have seen disease at its worst, and you know the magic of food as medicine. So how did you get intrigued, and how did you start the farm project? Well, that's correct. I have worked in every ICU possible. My background is strong and clinical. And I also work with a lot of professional athletes and the Olympic athletes. And in all of my clinical consults, what has continued to strike me is the number of obese patients that I see that are actually extraordinarily malnourished because their diet is void of all nutrients. Mm-hmm. And so at the hospital... We really thought long and hard about how we can improve the health of our patients. And our mission at St. Joe is to heal body, mind, and spirit, to improve the health of our communities, and to steward the resources entrusted to us. So what a strong mission we have. And while we have all the cutting-edge technology like CyberKnife and DaVinci robots, we also now have a farm. I'm so proud to say that last April, our hospital turned 15 acres of land back into farmland. Our hospital sits on 364 acres in Ann Arbor, and we were paying to mow a lot of the land. And so we've turned 15 acres back into farmland and also 25 additional acres to prairie land and meadow. So last April, we constructed our first two house which was a 30-by-96-foot hoop house, and then we also planted vegetable plants outside the hoop house. And it was so incredibly successful. Our executive management team endorsed the project, allowed us to contract with a farmer to help with the hoop house, and then I partnered with many local universities for dietetic interns and have created a sustainable agriculture rotation for dietetic interns to rotate through to gain exposure to the farm. You are a hero, Lisa. (laughs) It's been phenomenal, and the students have really gained an appreciation for what it takes to grow healthy food without any synthetic fertilizers and pesticides. 
and we started our first farmer's market last July, and it sold out in 20 minutes. So the response from our employees and visitors was so positive. We actually timed the market to run between 11 and 1 o'clock so that when patients are discharged, our discharge goal time is 11 a.m., that they're actually being wheeled out by the market. And what a statement that makes that we really want to be the leaders in health and, and lead by example by providing access to healthy food. Lisa, how many other hospitals in the nation are doing something like this? I do believe we are the first hospital to actually have a farm and hoop houses on our campus. I know many hospitals in Michigan also host farmers markets and have wonderful programs for access to local produce, but I do believe we are the first in the nation to have a farm on campus. So our first hoop house was so successful that we were able to build a second they're very similar to a barn raising party. We had volunteers from the community of Ann Arbor come out and help us build. We were able to construct the hoop house in a single day. And so our second one was built in September, and we were able to plant mostly winter crops. So the hoop house allows us to grow produce all winter long. In win- winter in Michigan can be pretty brutal. Yes, it can. Uh, We were able to successfully harvest kale and spinach and Swiss chard, greens, bok choy, radishes, and collards all winter long. They're actually sweeter when they frost over. That's right. So we were, in March, to celebrate National Nutrition Month, we started to serve spinach and Tuscan kale on our patient menu, and we made that available in our employee cafeteria. You know, Lisa, I have to say, when I looked at your full title and and saw that you were affiliated with the pharmacy department, I thought, we really need to change that to farm, F-A-R-M, pharmacy department, because food is medicine, and you are creating the freshest, best medicine for patients and employees. And I love the way this dovetails with the new dietary guidelines and the new MyPlate campaign coming out of USDA and Health and Human Services that we want to fill half our plate with fruits and vegetables. How do we do it? Well, you're starting really at the grassroots level right there in your own hospital community. We really are viewing our farm as a wellness farm. Clearly, we cannot produce enough fresh vegetables and fruit for the entire institution. Uh, We're a 540-bed teaching hospital. We serve thousands of meals a day to uh, patients and staff. So we're not trying to compete with our local farmers. We're trying to partner with them. But we're using our farm as a living, live laboratory, if you will, for for education and teaching. Mm. We invite visitors. We welcome volunteers. We're actually having a smaller garden for different patient populations and partnering with local schools to help connect with their science program for hands-on. Just a few weeks ago, we had a Girl Scout troop out, and they helped harvest 700 tulips and put them all in individual vials and placed them on the patient's breakfast tray with a Get Well note. And so to have the girls out there picking tulips, it was so nice to have their hands in the dirt involved and 
They can see where the produce is grown. It was just a wonderful, wonderful, successful day. And I'm sure that made the patients' days better, too. I, I think that, you know, recently I've seen interesting data looking at improvements in patient, not only survival, but the speed at which they get better is improved when they have access to gardens and plants that we are really connected to nature in ways that we can't even describe and that when we bring nature into the hospital and when we allow patients to have access to green space, they actually have a better prognosis. I think there is so much truth to that. And let's face it, it just tastes better. When, yes. when you have a seasonal menu with local produce, we, we often forget about taste. The taste of a store-bought tomato compared to the beautiful heirloom tomatoes that we grow on our campus. It's like stepping into Campo di Fiore in Rome. It's just so much better. Yes, it is. I really liked one of the articles that came out of an in-house publication, St. Joseph Mercy Health System. And it said that St. Joseph Mercy Ann Arbor is staying ahead of the times by returning to its roots, and that, in fact, many hospitals used to have farms on site to feed the patients, and then somehow we got away from that. And I'm thrilled to see this return to what makes the most sense. It does, and we are very committed to the local initiatives that are happening in our community. Michigan has been very hard hit by the downturn in the economy and a lot of people lost their jobs due to the changes in the automobile industry. And what we want to do is look at the landscape of our own industry, our hospital. What can we do? What's in our environment? We know that we have vending machines. We have group purchasing organizations for how we source food. We, we have all these competing messages going on, and we want to provide quality over quantity, and to really look at food waste and try to stop the food waste. I've read somewhere that the average American wastes 1,400 calories per day. Yes. I read the same study. I was appalled. And so is that because they don't like the food? So we're really focusing on testing menus. We've done a lot. We did an example where we sauteed our Tuscan kale with a little pasta and tomatoes, and we were actually offering tastings at our farmer's market, and, you know, our Tuscan kale sold out because people don't know how to make it. And right. I'm encouraged that we can instruct hands-on live demonstrations for how to prepare the food at the farmer's market. We've created accompanying education materials and recipe cards, and it's just been so successful. This has to be nutrition education at its finest, wouldn't you say? I would. I love the idea of cooking studios and hand. We do have that. We have a wonderful wellness program at our hospital, but doing it right at the farmers market was so neat because you just saw everybody saying, "Well, I want to buy that." Right. <laughs> it was the most popular item. Right. Now, I know that with a lot of healthcare, you know, we've got the healthcare workers and then we've got the patients. And even among the people who work at the hospital, it's really a challenge to stay well. And of course, that influences the hospital's bottom line because a sick worker is going to cost the company more money. So I'm assuming, now I know you've just been at this for a little over a year, but I would bet that you've got better fed employees, maybe a reduced rate of obesity among employees. Are you finding any reduced absenteeism? How are you seeing this affecting employee morale even? 
there is definitely a tremendous amount of excitement surrounding the project. We have different departments in our hospital that want to help volunteer. We've had the finance department, marketing, pharmacy all come out and help us build the hoop house and pull the plastic. We have all of our management team came out to help throw rocks out of one of our fields because it was a very (laughs) rocky field that we wanted to plant our pumpkins in. So there is definitely a, a lot of excitement. Our walking paths around the hospital lead right to the farm if people are interested in terms of obesity and the prevalence of consuming adequate fruits and vegetables, we are able to access that information for our hospital employees. When we go to enroll in our insurance policies for health care, we need to complete a series of questions, and one of them is, what is your BMI, your height, your weight, And then there's food questions. How many fruits and vegetables do you take in? Uh, Do you feel that you have access to good food and adequate time for exercise? And so we have this wonderful database of questions. So fortunately, everybody was able to fill the questionnaire out last October when we enrolled for our health care. So we'll have that again. So we will have the data to evaluate any progress that we can see in the food that we're serving and, and what our employees feel about it. This is just so terrific. I'm so excited. I, I can see the benefits for many years ahead. But I think maybe the hardest part for our listeners who want to maybe see those kinds of changes in their own institutions is how did you get started? We actually did a presentation to our executive management because at the time they were considering outsourcing our food service department, and they were looking to develop better food. We had a new CEO who is very committed to wellness initiatives and is a strong believer in healthy food. And so at the time that he joined our hospital, we pitched the idea of the farm at that time, and he supported it. And we quickly implemented American Heart Association guidelines in our cafeteria. So all the food is labeled and all the food in the cafe for the hospital employees and visitors would meet American Heart guidelines. And then we did the same a few months later for our patient menus. So by default, everything in the hospital really does meet the American Heart Association guidelines. So it is a wonderful environment to know that you can go and and purchase food that tastes wonderful and is also good for you. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Lisa McDowell. She's a registered dietitian and director of nutrition support services through the pharmacy department at St. Joseph Mercy Health System in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So, Lisa, you say we pitched the idea of a farm. Who is we? The director for the hospital campus has a strong investment for how he would like to develop the grounds. We just recently renovated and built two new patient towers. So as I mentioned before, we have a a beautiful environment, a cutting-edge building, and this gentleman, his name is Dave Raymond, and I really tried to convince our executive management that this would be the right way to go, and they agreed. And so we were able to hire our farmer, Dan Baer, and he has been you know, working the farm and, and planning and doing the, the rotation in organic farming methods. 
Now, you started out with how many acres? Four acres initially, and now we're at 15. And uh, we have written for several grants to assist us with our expansion plans. And so we're hoping to receive some grant money to help expand because, as I mentioned, it's it's a very difficult economy in Michigan. Mm-hmm. So to have the funds to sustain our initiatives, we, we'd like to grow. We, we have a lot of programs we'd prefer to implement. Uh, one example is to provide the food stamp program, the SNAP program in Michigan at farmer's markets you need the electronic benefit transfer machine. Right. <laughs> so just something as simple as that, Yeah. Is, you know, to allow people who are on that program to shop at our farmer's market. So everything costs money. And, you know, working in an organic environment, we, we have to be very creative for how we coexist with God's creatures that also live on our land. Right. You mentioned that you had a little problem with deer. We have so many visitors to our garden. <laughs> they, they really enjoy what we're planting. But, some, you know, some of the techniques that our farmer has used, uh, one of our dietitians just got married and she had leftover beer from her wedding. So we, we use that to ward off the slugs. Yeah, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. And, and the ladybugs to help. Uh, we, we had to order ladybugs. And so you can imagine what the purchasing people thought about a PO for ladybugs right. with the aphids. And then our deer, they, they like to jump. They, they don't come in the hoop house yet. They're not that bold. But they do like to jump over our wire fence where we have broccoli. In, in one night, they ate all the broccoli plants that we had planted. Mm. And then they were trying to get in to eat our tulips. So we had to put rotten eggs around the fence oh, to keep right. the deer out. Right. Well, I also want to let our listeners know that This is not a farm that has been started with tractors and fossil fuel energy. You actually use draft horses to plow this land. So it's a very low cost in terms of the energy, the fossil fuel energy. Do you keep the horses now on site? The horses are a local farmer that he has allowed to plow our land. And so we do not own a tractor at this point. So the horses have done all of the hard labor for plowing the land, and that's why we were looking for the management team to help throw the rocks out of the field right. because it was really hard on the, the horses' hooves. Yes. Now let's also talk a little bit about the management of this farm because I'm curious to know what kind of investment does it take, really, to get this kind of operation going successfully? I, I believe that the hoop houses were approximately $16,000 apiece. And did you get any grant dollars for those? Uh, what We did a community day with Whole Foods Market, uh-huh. and uh, they donated 6% of the day's sales to us. So we were able to offset some of the costs, but the, the grants that we've written for are pending, and so we should hear any time. But outside of that, no, our hospital was generous enough to fund the project. What have been some of your biggest challenges with this project? Trying to successfully implement all the wonderful ideas that can spin off from such a project mm-hmm. <laughs> with a small resource of people. So it's just myself and then our director of, of the land and then the farmer. So it really is the three of us trying to figure out the best way to 
run a farmer's market. And, uh, you know, I, you don't get this training when you go to, to school. Right, exactly. <laughs> to, to be a dietitian. I, yes. I had no training in agriculture or organic farming. And so I think the biggest challenge is really trying to develop the program for the dietetic interns so that they get the most out of their experience with us. Mm-hmm. And then also trying to understand the, the food contracts within our hospital setting. We, we have to spend a certain amount of money with our one source, our supplier, and it's difficult sometimes for that supplier to purchase locally. And so we've committed to a program where 20% of our dollars will be spent locally, and we're very committed to that. So our hospital uses quite a bit of fresh produce, as you can imagine. So we can't meet the needs with our hoop house, but there are many local farmers that would love the security of knowing that we will purchase their spinach. Absolutely. This has to be good for the local economy. Definitely. And I know Governor Snyder of Michigan is very interested in the campaign of 20% by the year 2020. Hmm. What would you like to see change from a policy standpoint? Would you like to be able to get out of that contract? It sounds like the contracts, whether we're talking about hospitals or sometimes campus food service operations, same kind of situation, you know, where you, you sign on to contracts and then they're binding in terms of what you can and can't purchase. Do you think you're going to see the day when you don't have a contract, where you I do it do all think, yourself? I, I do think that. And, and the beauty of having the farm on campus allows us to not count that as our 80% that we have to commit. Ah. So that doesn't count against us. So if we use that produce, that's just a bonus. <laughs> so I that see. was one way of kind of working around the contract. Right. So you can buy off contract from local farmers, and that counts as the amount that you're allowed to purchase. But then the produce that you grow on the farm, on the hospital, that's just pretty much very reasonably priced, would it you is. say? Yes, exactly. And so I do believe that each state, as they struggle with their own economy, that there will be incentives to source locally for large institutions um, and schools. I believe that it's in the best interest for the state. Michigan is a a very significant agricultural state. Uh, There's a lot of initiatives within Washtenaw County, which is where we're located, There's a program going on right now where they're building 20 hoop houses in 20 days, which started yesterday. So it's a type of a celebration of Independence Day for for food security and uh, benefiting jobs in the local economy. Washtenaw County is a billion-dollar food system. Mm -hmm. So if we could source, you know, 20% to that from our large industries, we would make a tremendous impact on the economy of the state of Michigan. I think you hit the nail on the head, Lisa. This is about independence, truly. Yes, and, and, and I think that within our, we're, we're a member of Trinity Health, so we have hospitals throughout the United States, and if we were given the ability um, with within each hospital to source locally, then I, I, I think we'll just continue to have a, a stronger voice to the landscape that we're working in with our food. I'm sure that many listeners who work in healthcare will be listening to this interview and saying, I want to either 
quit my job and go work with Lisa, or they want to replicate the success that you've experienced. Are you developing any kind of guide to, you know, sort of like a cookbook for how to get this started in other institutions? We have started compiling our notes, and we'll be presenting a webinar in the fall with Dr. Walinga. Yeah, so that will be something to look forward to. And is and that going to be on a blog that I could be contacted uh, via the blog? Perfect. It's uh, stjoefarm.wordpress.com, and I would welcome anybody who would like to get a hold of me to contact me through the blog. Okay, and is there a period after the saint for Joe? It's no, just... there's not. It's uh, st joefarm.wordpress.com. Wonderful. Okay. And if anybody also wants to read articles about this miraculous transformation, there are also articles available through St. Joseph Mercy Health System, and that's www.stjoeshealth.org. Lisa, we just have a few minutes, so I want to give you an opportunity to add anything that I may have neglected to ask you. Oh, thank you, Melinda. I, I think, you know, if if the listeners could just imagine the difference that we can make if all hospitals were to implement healthy food policies, you know, very similar to how smoking has been banned from hospital campuses, you know, perhaps food can be the next thing. With every single vegetable that we plant, we are growing a healthier community. And I think what makes us different at St. Joe is that we're focusing on preventing disease and staying well. We do not want to feed people to be future patients. So our goal is to be the leader in the industry for healthy, sustainable foods, the healthiest hospital around. And, you know, by doing this, we are investing in the future of our community. And, you know, it's, it's really just all about the education and leading by example and believing in doing the right thing. And you're also going to be having fruit trees, is that correct? That's next on the agenda? If we were to obtain our federal grants, that would be an area that we would be interested to expand. And what about animals? Any likelihood of having chickens? Bison and chickens. Yeah, we've explored a a lot of opportunities for the future, and we have really great ideas and, and good plans, but we do need some assistance with our federal grants. Well, I can't think of any better way to invest our health care dollars than in the kind of system you have created. And I want to commend you and your colleagues there for really becoming a model for the nation. I, I can't tell you how excited I am about the possibility for economic development and true health care. Uh, this is why we entered into the profession of dietetics, isn't it? Because we knew food was medicine. It is, and, and you know, I used to be so committed to just the clinical piece, and I've learned so much from that, and now I'm able to apply that to preventing disease and and making a difference with the food instead of the tube feedings and the TPM. Right, right. It's important, I think, for us to see the ravages of what can happen with poor diet because I think it makes us even more dedicated to changing the system, and, and clearly that's what you've done. And I also want to mention, before we have to wrap up, that you are a member of Healthcare Without Harm. That is another excellent source for listeners who want to get involved. We have been speaking with Lisa McDowell. She is a registered dietitian, director of nutrition support services, pharmacy department, we're going to change that spelling to farm, at the St. Joseph Mercy Health System in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Thank you so much, Lisa, for sharing the information with our listeners today. Thank you so much, Melinda. It's been my pleasure to be on your show. 
And thank you, listeners, for joining us. We'll provide that website for you in case you want to learn more at stjoefarm.wordpress.com. And in closing, I want to remind everyone that Food Sleuth Radio is produced at KOPN Studios in beautiful downtown Columbia, Missouri. Thank you again, Lisa. Thank you.